I love that we can meet here. Honestly, it's no one's coming through that door. So it's like a denial leaders worship set this morning. So it was good worship. Um, yeah. Thank you, Jeremy. Yeah, our best worship. Oh, well, oh, one of our best. Hey, it's recording. Uh, Hold on. It is it's, recording. It's not the first time it's done. because so. <laughs> I didn't make it every week. But uh, seriously, I love every time when Cody or Isaiah goes up and says, do you want church? They're like, no, thank you. Just drive off. So <laughs> I think that's so funny. I see them trying. You guys are like trying to say, hey, do you want to at least? No. Just drive it off. Um, but um, felt the message w- uh, would be coming from Acts this morning. So if you have your Bibles, um, phone or Bible, uh, let's turn to Acts chapter 9. Um, John shared with me the theme moving forward for all of us is, a beautiful journey, which is so true. Um, I've heard a little, you know, bits in here about all you guys, and, and it just seems like all you guys have significantly been, you know, been touched by God. So, Jeremy is right. It's not really about the numbers. It's are we even changing, and are we open to transforming? That's what it's about, I think. Yeah. So we could be 500 people, but we could be stiff-necked by 100 people, so they wouldn't do anything. But here we are trying to receive from Him. So. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to get right into Acts 9. Uh, So, Father, we thank you for your word that still stands true. We thank you for your spirit that you've instilled into us. And we thank you for the community and and this just group of believers that trust and see that you are doing a new thing, and you are continuing to do that. So we pray these things come into fruition, that your vision to reach the lost in South Tacoma that this place is literally heaven on earth and that you are continuing to move through us to impact this this area, God. So we thank you. It's in your beautiful name we pray. Amen. Um, Acts chapter 9, we're going to cover verses 1 through uh, 19. Uh, it says this, but Saul, okay, I'm sorry, Acts chapter, I Yes, yeah, chapter 9, verse 1. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city and you'll be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground and although his eyes were opened, He saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days, he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. So we're going to stop right there. Um, At this point in Acts, which is primarily written to believers who aren't Jews. Uh, If anyone remembers who wrote the book uh, of Acts, it was Luke the physician. And at this point, Israel had continued to reject the gospel message that Christ was the one, the, the, and, and the gospel was now reaching beyond the Jews. Yet again, 
the Jews of the uh, the synagogues that Paul was trying to reach to, would continue to reject and want to kill him for this message uh, that belonged to this group, the way. So at, at this point, we're covering Saul, who was not Paul yet, who was not converted. You saw in the first verse, it says, but Saul still breathing threats and murder. Um, just a chapter before, we saw that Paul, Paul, who was Saul, approved of Stephen's death. And the word there in chapter 8 um, regarding approved of his execution, that's not strong enough. In the original language, it meant to take pleasure at Stephen's execution, execution, the first martyr. So Saul at this point is still this murderous man who takes pleasure in taking Christians, right, believers, to prison. He actually takes pleasure in that. Something's a little off about him, but he meets Jesus on the way to Damascus. Think about it. This was someone we often know about as the greatest missionary. He, he wrote so much of the New Testament, and he would continue to preach, and you've heard of uh, the things he went through. Shipwreck. He was, per- he was tortured. He was beat. He was naked one time. He continued, to, he, uh, he, he continued to preach wherever he went, even though they wanted to kill him. But think about the man he was before he became Paul. This is what it talks about, his conversion. And so as Paul is continuing to persecute, suddenly he meets the Lord. Now, now this is significant to us because all of us have met God in a way, and we, we, we sometimes become numb to that. We sometimes go, I've met God, now I go to church, now I go to service, I'm, I'm done, I'm, I'm good. Doesn't it just matter, now I just give and continue to come out? And that's kind of where we kind of get a little diluted about being a believer, where, in fact, Paul, after he becomes converted, becomes so on fire, a trailblazer, that he goes everywhere to reach everyone. Look at verse 4 with me again. It says, And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Jesus repeats his name twice, meaning that there's, emotion to that not necessarily that jesus is angry at saul but he's literally questioned like what are you doing saul saul and 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 paul saul might have actually known jesus he says who are you lord but if you remember saul was a leader of the sanhedrin most likely he was a pharisee and he talks about later in the new testament he was zealous for god that he was uh blameless when it you know, came to the law, that he would keep everything to the T. Um, yet he had not really known God. It's just so funny, and, and John talks about this a lot as, uh, in his message, that we, we, I think we all know a lot of people who get it here, who know the Bible so well, we call them Bible heads. But you sometimes question, do they know God here? Like, is their soul on fire for the Lord? You can have all the verses down. You can have all the degrees, and you might literally not know God. This is what Saul is going through right now. And so he asks, who are you, Lord? And he says, and and, and Jesus says, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Saul, who thought he was doing God's work by persecuting believers, he's confronted by the Lord and who says, you're actually hurting me. My body is me. You're hurting and, and, and destroying my people. 
look at how Jesus, uh, regardless of what Saul has done, and again, there's a lot of argument if Saul was actually a murderer. We know that he approved and, again, was leading people to take believers to jail. So whether if he actually killed someone or not, he's counted as that because he's an accomplice to all these murders. But Jesus gives him a command right away. says, but rise into the city and you will be told what you are to do. Paul is commissioned at this point now. And it, it, it seems like it's a very personal uh, way right now because the people around him can't see anything, hear anything. But Saul, and, 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 but Saul rose up. He had fallen to the ground. He was trembling. He saw the light. He fell down. And now his eyes are open to see. <laughs> now his eyes are open, but he can't see anything. Talking about a hardness of the heart. So many of us can see the message, so many of us can hear countless sermons, read all that, we, and, and, and we still might not be changed. There might not be a shift yet. So it says he was so taken aback, he probably was scared out of his mind. He can hear a voice. Do I believe God s- still speaks audibly? Yes. But in many cases, it's probably not true. We, we question whether God speaks, but in this case, it was a true personal sense the Lord was speaking to him. Let's cover verse 10. Uh, Now, there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, hear my Lord. The Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judah, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying, and he is seen in a vision, a man named Ananias come in and lays hands on him so that he may, might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. Imagine just an ordinary believer, just just like us, suddenly has a vision that we are to go to the most despicable, crazy, out-of-control murder, and we are to preach to them. Now, you guys know this area better than me. I was gone for about three, four years from here. We have some very interesting characters in Tacoma. And as, a, as much as I love this place, I'm going to be honest, there's sometimes areas that, whether it be Hilltop or some other areas, maybe more towards Spanway and Parkland, I'm a little more alert. Because, I mean, let's be honest, the crime has gone up. There's people that we, we might be a little wary of seeing. And it, it can just be like, Hello, that's our mission field, though. So some of those people literally might be Saul's waiting to become Paul's. Like, they're not activated yet. They don't know yet. And it seems like often, like, again, we can be comfy and meet in places like this coffee shop where people think it's not 
it's a coffee shop, but they're confused as the church, so they probably should put a better sign, honestly, and advertise that better. But that's our mission field. I, I mean, and, and so this man named Ananias, just an ordinary believer, probably just having his quiet time, he's, we know that he was just a faithful servant, said, is told by God to go to this exact place and reach Paul. Now, here's, here's what's key. Even though Ananias is questioning did this man really change? Because oftentimes uh, fake believers could infiltrate and then persecution could even go on more. But here's the key verse that the Lord says to him, go for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. That's a high, heavy calling. And by the way, that calling today doesn't just exist to the, the former great missionaries and disciples, it belongs to us as well. Like, think about meeting in a coffee shop. It's, it's, it's like a marketplace. Whatever our mission fields are, whether it be in the church, the schools, the jobs, the, the shops we work at, that's, that's where we're commissioned to. A, you have a purpose while you're there. Um, and so Ananias departs, entered the house, laying on his hands on him, says, Brother Saul. I'm going to be honest with you. I, it's hard to have that attitude towards people who we could be wary of. Um, I, I don't know if I'm always super warm and endearing to people out there, but this is a call to us leaders here at Denial. You guys have, been, you guys have planted this and started this, that the people that are going to come into this church might not have anything to do with God, and we have to be okay with that. Like, our, our, the, our hope isn't that this becomes 100, 500, like, let's dream high, people that already know Bible. And if they do, they're, they're welcome. But the hope is to see people who we would have never thought worshiping God. Whether they be murderers, whether they be the, the craziest lunatics, that they could come and be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a call to courage. This is a call to seek uh, disciples made that might not look anything like us. Paul is uh, given the Holy Spirit. He's changed, radically changed. It says he rose and was baptized. He immediately wants to do something about that. And you will look on in the rest of Acts, and you will actually see that, I mean, whether his first, second, third missionary journey, that despite everything he goes through, it, it just... He doesn't give up. He'll later say on in chapter 20 that, For I did not shrink from declaring unto you the whole counsel of God. Something had shifted in Paul, and now his plan to preach would go beyond just the Roman province. So, friends, my my question is this right now. Again, going over some points is, Who are the Saul's literally, literally waiting right now in your life that are waiting for an activation of the Holy Spirit? It's the first question. You might be thinking of family members, because I don't have, all, not all my family are saved. Some are still, we, we still pray for and think about. Some of them might be your coworkers. Um, we might have people we don't want to reach and talk to. It's, maybe they're difficult. Um, some of them might be, again, the people that we just come across in South Tacoma Way. I, I always try to now make it a goal especially since I've, I've come back to the Lord after being away from, oh man, from, from the Lord for about three years. 
one of my main primary goals is to, again, just have one evangelistic moment with a person in the city. Like, it could just be like, hey, thanks for my coffee. Uh, uh, I drink black coffee. I, I know some of you guys are fancy. Even blue, is it blue beer? I've gone there a good amount of times now with John, but even that's a little fancy for me. Yeah. Um, but, hey, thank, thank you for the coffee. So how long have you been here? It just, it's just segues to really build that and, and establish that relationship. Um, there's people yet to be reached. So who are the saws waiting to become possible? The second part is, do are you aware that you are commissioned to reach people in your life? Not everyone is called to preach up here in the pulpit or up here, but everyone is called to evangelize. Everyone is called to share the good news. So are you aware of that calling in your life? Everyone has that. Um, yeah, so um, as, as Paul had changed and radically been transformed, we would later see that um, he would become the greatest missionary, but I think it was because there was a direct change, direct com- uh, conversion moment, which was just very authentic. Now, this message was a lot shorter than I wanted, but uh, I, I know we want the 49ers to lose today. But um, because it just turned out to be a small group, I just want to pray for us, and I just want us to sit before the Lord. And Jeremy, if you can come up and just do your beautiful thing. But because um, it turned out to just be us, let's just pray for confirmation that this is literally the area that we were, for some reason, brought to and called to just be a part of. Um, and then I'll just let Jeremy take over. Um, so, God, uh, we come before you, and we've sang some of these songs that declare how glorious you are. But I'm going to question us right now. Are we sure we want to see your glory? Because that is crazy. You're the God that brought down nations and and, and instilled fear. And people were in awe of you. So let's ask that again. Do we want to see your glory take over in this area? And the second part is, Lord, could you remind us whether we're at work or school, in our personal walks, in our personal lives, in our friendships, are we shying away from sharing the good news? Or when we look at the person who's yet to know you, is there this sense of urgency and this sense of, man, I just wish you knew the Lord? Is that even there? Because if it isn't, what, what are we doing? Like, What's the point of denial, which is such a confusing name? Because every time someone asks what church you go to, I say denial, and they think we're a cult. <laughs> so my, my, my prayer is, Lord, are we, is there a sense of, like, we have a heart for them to be saved? So as, as Jeremy just runs, like, Lord, remind us of our calling, this beautiful calling, and the crazy journeys we've been on, that now we've been commissioned. And, and there might be sense of unworthiness, and are we prepared? But man, this is just the beginning stage. This, it, it, we will grow, and we will continue to invest and sow seeds and plant them everywhere. But Lord, give us this urgency to see the worst of the worst in this area become some of the greatest faithful disciples here. So we we pray these things. We love you, God. You know this and you love us. Continue to pour your spirit upon this area. 
And we just thank you that we can worship you and meet together. So we thank you, we love you, we pray.